0: oh, whoa, 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 Boys whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 we're so fucking good that it will it, YouTube will even though this podcast is on YouTube, it'll pick it up and be like, "Oh shit, that's Vanga Boys."
0: I, I don't know.
2: Welcome Are we? Back all, to- I th- yeah, I think we're okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Let's leave it in and find out.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm definitely playing. That's why I'm like launching into like my, my podcast voice. Uh, okay. Welcome back to when Max and Connor did on their podcast, a pop culture podcast where two best friends talk about what they want to talk about. I'm one of those best friends. My name is Connor.
0: My name is Max. Your podcast voice is your National Butthole Radio voice.
1: Yes. Welcome back to NBR, National Butthole Radio. <laughs> With us is a very special guest, one of our best <laughs> and oldest friends, Aaron. Aaron, welcome to National Butthole Radio. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. It's you a have a to have you. you have a great natural
0: butthole radio voice. Yes. Thank you. Just naturally. Just naturally. Naturally. Natu- butthole. Naturally. National butthole radio. Did I say natural? Did I say national butthole radio or natural butthole radio? I don't
2: like the thought of natural butthole. Well, I don't like the implication <laughs> of that. I'm Why? sorry to say. <laughs> cleaned <laughs> we
0: should have ccd you
1: on the memo oh. uh today's sponsor is natural buttholes natural buttholes oh. for that natural look
0: yeah <laughs> uh, to me natural just means hairy not necessarily oh, yeah, dirty because
1: yeah. that's the thing i would i'd would want to wax but i feel like you know it's there for a reason <laughs> My mom listens to this podcast. I'm sorry, mom. Oh, I really? Forgot. Yeah. Hi, Kelly. Oh, how, hi, how are we, you? Hey. We <laughs> didn't talk about that. I think because I was worried about that. Yeah, yeah. Because we we w- this gets explicit. I, <laughs> I mark E for explicit every episode, <laughs> mm. which I feel like podcasts don't do. I wonder if I am a fool for doing
0: so. I've never. As far as I know, I've never seen it on like a comedy Bang Bang or anything, really? and those get fucking explicit.
2: Yeah. yeah, I've really only ever seen it on like serious topics like true crime and horror that they put that because it's like frightening explicit not i said fuck not like
3: fuck
1: or shit
2: i don't
0: know i'm gonna say it piss damn
1: i'm so sorry you You apologize to
0: your mother right now she (laughs) listens to this show
1: mom i'm so sorry um i'm gonna watch uh the devil all the time soon i just like i just i haven't oh i watched it
2: i got through like a third of the book oh is the I know good. I it is really the good but I couldn't, okay. I couldn't get through it because i just i have no ability to books should be short yeah <laughs> is my opinion how long is the book <laughs> it's too long uh, like 300 pages maybe i don't know okay oh, yeah okay. It's i not mean terrible. i guess it's, that's like a
0: solid book yeah it's like yeah.
2: about i'm holding that's up. It's definitely a not a novella no yeah it's but it's not like long is the book as violent as the movie is oh yeah it's gross Okay, But I only got through like a third of it, so I have no idea what happened. I so I think I might it, just watch the movie. <laughs> apparently the movie ends the
0: same way as the book, which oh. eh, I don't know how I feel about the ending of that movie. But that Connor hasn't good. watched it yet, so we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> it. It turns out it was only the devil some of the time. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Spoiler, Spoiler alert, ah. but the devil wasn't all the time. Okay. Well, made me think of
2: yeah. that, that meme with the astronauts. Like it was the devil. Oh, <laughs> it was the devil all time. <laughs> uh, wait, been. it's the devil. <laughs> I wish
0: I knew who tweeted this so that I could credit them yeah. because they deserve it. But it was. I think I might have retweeted it, so hopefully that is the case. But the tweet was something like the devil all the time in this cool. economy, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's in, true. In the
2: middle of a pandemic, you, and Connor,
0: I think, is getting up to check. And make sure that we're still recording because something funny happened last week. You it can call it funny, episode. yeah? <laughs> well, I'll... I
1: I spiraled for like a full two days. <laughs> Listen, we all make mistakes sometimes, <laughs> and that that I did. is that a real song? I think so. I thought I made it up, but I'm like, no, I think, I think that's a that's song. I've never heard it.
0: So as far as I know, it's uh, a Connor creation. But anyway. I wrote parody lyrics so a- we could skirt the law, oh, oh, but d- I don't, we don't
1: need to get into them. They're not that good. Yeah.
0: But anyways, if you would like to apologize.
1: Uh, I'd like to apologize to my friends who are here with me today. Okay. I, w- I want to apologize to our fans. Um, I fucked up. Uh, we recorded. We had Aaron on as a guest. And we got... We had some really great fucking topics. I was super excited. Mm-hmm. I felt like, uh, oh, why can't I remember his name? Is this character's name Howie in Uncut Gems? Yeah. I felt like Howie at the end of Uncut Gems, <laughs> right? People have seen it know what I'm yeah, talking well, about. Ha- yeah. Oh. I was well, just yeah. so elated. I guess...
0: They call him mostly call him Howard, but uh, she gets Howie tattooed on her butt, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and
1: then anyway, I won't. Uh, I won't. You should watch Uncut Gems. It's yeah, I've been to see if it. you ever
0: wanted to see, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. If you've ever wanted to see Adam Sandler get shown a tattoo of his name on somebody's butt and then burst into tears, <laughs> yeah. Um, then that you should watch Uncut scenario Gems. Scenario
2: has really been on my list for
0: a while yeah so. well so uncut gems is the movie for you
1: because <laughs> i watched the wedding singer and it ended and i was like what the fuck right there was no scene where he was shown a tattoo with his name on it and he burst into tears yeah
0: i was really hoping in at least grown-ups too because it didn't happen in grown-ups um but spoiler alert for grown-ups 2 that doesn't happen although uh i should say though i just want to say again i because apparently we've talked about this before probably Mm -hmm. on the episode that i didn't finish re-listening to after we um uh recorded it right but grown-ups 2 is a fantastic movie i love the i love that movie to death yeah um in a very special way it's so wonderful but uh i started making that list um on letterboxd which i have not finished or posted yet but it's a list it's like an exhaustive list of every movie that we talk about on this show or even like just mention like briefly and you sent me a list of what you had had because you put a lot of them in the in the descriptions oh god oh dude no is it's did it?
1: No, I think it's still going. Oh,
0: let's find notice? out. Well, maybe I don't know. Hey, look at that! That was fun. <laughs> Something happened on Connor's computer. We're good. What? What button are you pressing? I don't remember what happened when. I don't remember. Well, we're, t- we're back now.
1: I was trying to explain what happened, and then we got off on a tangent, and, and th- I can't remember the tangent. But I'll just circle back to because
0: it just happened again. You yeah, cut it out <laughs> well, of the episode, but.
1: Yeah, it it didn't happen again, but we just want to be extra careful because last time when we ended recording, um, because we are only really set up for a two-person podcast, but we really want to have Aaron on the podcast. So this is kind of jerry-rigged together. I have my computer going through my TV and y'all are on your own sound card. Yeah. And I have to have a third audio device, but you can't have all the audio devices going into the same program. So we're running two programs, so what happened last time is Max's audio saved, mm-hmm. and the audio for Aaron and I didn't save, which I think is super spooky, because literally 66.6% of the audio was lost, Ooh. and that was the episode we talked about Pipes, yeah. so I probably shouldn't even bring it up again. Yeah. Just an asterisk
0: uh, next to Pipes with the footnote that uh, you mean the ghost from Ghostwatch yeah just for people who haven't seen ghostwatch and right. didn't know and we also I'm not talking talked about, about yeah.
2: like vhs tapes and like haunted technology and stuff oh, and, oh yeah we yeah. talked about the room and now, now yeah. we have a lost episode
0: you just said the room the ring
1: yeah but <laughs> you said the, the room the and now i'm cur- thinking about the room the
0: room's cursed too they're yeah. all cursed i just i just yeah. miss when the room was that movie that they played on adult swim on april fool's day yeah instead of what it's become
1: you know I mean, I don't know. I still, I still like what it's become. Because oh, the first time, yeah, um, the first time I saw the room, I was like, I, I brought a friend with me mm. who had seen it a bunch of times, and I had never seen it all the way through. Uh-huh. And we were joking about how there is, it's become that kind of Rocky horror picture show audience participation movie. Oh yeah, and I was super stoked that we weren't seeing it that way because <laughs> I don't like that kind of stuff. And then, all of a sudden, people come out in Lisa costumes and Tommy costumes, or rather, Johnny costumes, and they've got ties tied around their head, which happens when the characters get inebriated, for those who haven't seen the movie. Or any cartoon
2: that yeah. makes a joke about people going to parties. Because
1: that's, that's <laughs> what you do at every party. You get plastered, and then you're like, hey, I'm going to put a lampshade on my head. I, <laughs> I just me.
0: don't know if I've ever been to a party where somebody showed up and had a tie on.
1: Right? Yeah. You go home and you change into your cash clothes first. Yeah. But anyway, we were so stoked that we were just getting a regular screening and then people in costumes start handing out spoons. Oh no. And I did not understand the the spoon part of the audience participation. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, there's a piece of set design where it's like this framed picture of like, uh, it looks like an artisanal spoon. It's like a woodcut print or some shit of a spoon. So every time it pops up in the frame, people shout spoon, and you pick up the plastic spoon in front of you, and you just chuck it. So I spent the whole movie being like, "What? Like, what is the prompt for people to do this? I don't understand what's happening. Uh, but anyway, so I, what's also freaky about the fact that we lost that audio mm. is that, so I woke up the day Wednesday when we were supposed to release the podcast, right? And I was like, okay, I have to write something on Twitter about this. Cause I know people are clamoring for the episode. Yeah. They're like, what the hell? It's three o'clock. Episode hasn't dropped yet. I need I need to hear the boys talk about some <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> uh huh. Um so, but I was like putting it off because like my head wasn't all there. I needed like my coffee. I need to get my head straight, right? Mm. So, when I finally posted it, I looked at the time.
0: It was posted exactly
1: at 3.33 p.m. Oh, Half of the devil's oh, number. Oh. Boom.
0: And the percentage oh. of the podcast of that was left remaining. Oh.
1: Yeah. It like the the numerology
0: of it like
1: hit me so fucking hard that I straight of, like started panicking. and was like, oh, <laughs> you know, oh three, you 3, number 23 is like the yeah. witching
2: hour. <laughs> What was that? So it's almost, like 3 a.m. is like the witching hour, supposedly. So it was almost kind of that. Well, just, be the opposite. I thought, yeah. So that would be like
0: the Jesus hour. Yeah. Or like the good Welcome time. to the Jesus The, hour. the Christ hour. <laughs> the yeah. Christ something. I don't Welcome know. Welcome to the Christ hour. <laughs> Today, we're
1: going to talk about, guess what? Christ. Oh. Why yay. isn't he called Jesus the Christ? I don't know. He's, You're I think it's the both. Like, they call
2: guy. him the Christ, but then they act like it's his last name. Yeah. His last name was of Nazareth, people. Okay, yeah. get it right. <laughs> that's
0: true. So Joseph's last name was Christ of Nazareth, right? Or no, Mary's last name was Christ of Nazareth. I, I'm right? pretty
1: sure Christ means, I'm a bad Catholic, but I'm pretty sure Christ means son of God. I, like, it's like a title. Well, yeah. that's so dumb. she wouldn't be Christ.
0: It's, it's stupid.
1: I just poo pooed your joke. I'm like, <laughs> you made a funny joke, and I'm like, well, actually, uh, I
0: don't even know if I made a funny joke.
1: I'm gonna say you did. Okay, oh, thank it's... you. We're gonna give it to you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll
0: thank. I'll take it.
3: We
1: have, uh, we have uh, let the record be known that we have now presented Max with the funny joke award. Yeah, I was uh, gonna
0: make a joke about at midnight, but then uh, I was like, oh, oh nah, 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 nah. <laughs> never
1: mind. But follow us at Max and Connor. <laughs> on twitter
0: <laughs> we post sometimes
1: yeah yeah there we go pet Scott yes oh, yeah, my beautiful segue <laughs> <Is it, laughs> I, I love your natural, seg- natural they're so good segue they,
0: yeah they're very because you I keep, you've i'm been... sorry i keep looking over at the fucking tv yeah to <laughs> make sure everything is still rocking and rolling make sure we're still good because
1: mm. you know what
0: uh this is uh i'm gonna i'm
1: gonna put you on blast me yeah you're, okay you're on notice here's the thing you're too hard on ourselves (laughs) we need to be more accepting and loving because we talk sometimes Mm. and you'll like we'll make fun of how this podcast is us being like oh what do we talk about yeah i think we've got a great natural rhythm Uh i think we've got a great natural flow every podcast that people have been doing for 10 years are literally like the same level of like you know, unpreparedness. Sure, we're fine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> let's let's give ourselves all some right, credit. Fine, I'm not going to clap though.
1: Okay, well, we're going to clap for you. All right,
0: but how, you're not going to know when the mark is.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I can't use the uh, the slate from the beginning. I have to do the like seven claps just yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. That's a That's a slate joke for all the real production heads. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah. This is why I was like, "Let's get us into something that we could talk
0: about.
2: <laughs> we can start talking about PetScop." Yeah, PetScop. I was
0: thinking about set design and pictures. I wanted to say what my oh. favorite piece of set design was. No, then let's say and that because I was still that is thinking about <laughs> it. Because I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, uh, no, it wasn't because we had moved on from that to something else, and I didn't get to talk about it because I didn't want to interrupt you, and you'd got back to explaining what we had initially. Meant to talk about, but so my favorite piece of set design is similar but different. Uh, it's in a movie called *Avenging Force* with okay. Michael Dudikoff and Steve James. It's a movie directed by Sam Firstenberg, fucking awesome, uh, canon action movie that Sam Furstenberg directed, um, of with Steve James and Michael Dudikoff. He's that there are about three of those that exist. Was it uh, his first in movie? No. Okay. Uh his so Sam Furstenberg's first movie was Break into Electric Boogaloo. Oh shit. I always forget this. Yeah. Which is wild because that's like the go to joke movie. That is probably and the s- most Sam I- Furstenberg is such a good director. I've and I've never seen that movie, so I can't speak to
1: it. Yeah. But I'm sorry, I was just gonna say that is probably the most iconic movie. That, like, no one has seen. Like, I feel like so many people know about that movie or, have, or know that joke.
0: Like the sequel, like, to Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. You know, just, like, anything to Electric Boogaloo.
2: Yeah, they did it on Always Sunny. Yeah. The... Trying to think of other ones. With the Char D. McDennis. McDennis. <laughs> That's what yeah. I thought. Uh, I thought about trying to, like, adapt that game for real life. But then but It doesn't seem you possible about... because you really have to
0: like be terrible to the
2: people that you're playing the game with yeah and i don't think yeah i, I don't think i could a do that be handled that happening to me <laughs>
1: no not at all <laughs> no but i'm sorry uh the avenging force
0: uh, so there's a scene in avenging force where michael dudikoff answers a telephone in steve james's house it's so there's a close-up shot of uh, like an insert of him picking the telephone up off the table there are two picture frames on this table. There's a larger picture frame and a smaller picture frame in the larger picture frame is a picture of Steve James, younger son, like his class picture. And in the smaller picture frame right next to it is the exact same picture. Yeah. <laughs> and I rewound it and I paused it and I was like. Who did this? <laughs> did they do this on purpose? <laughs> do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I don't like I don't know. Like, were you, what were you? What were you gonna ask?
1: I was just gonna say, like, do you think the in universe logic is like he was trying to decide between the five by seven and the four <laughs> by six, and they just like they just hit a little different? You know, so he put them
0: next to each other in the context of the movie. This scene takes place at a time where they definitely would be like, I'm not thinking about this right now. I have other things on my mind. So they may be like, oh, yeah, I forgot to put away the comparison picture frame. Um, But now that is I don't think I don't truthfully. I want to say that I hope it was done purposefully yeah Um, i
1: hope so they're just having a bit of fun yeah it's like
0: it's a very very quick shot like it doesn't hold or anything it's like it's just there and it's wonderful
1: i always thought that was a weird complaint and like i kind of get it but whenever anyone's like oh that movie sucks in like one shot they have the popcorn and the next shot there's no popcorn Mm. but in the third shot oh, the popcorn comes back and it's like do you know how much shit is going on <laughs> on set? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many fucking factors. And yeah, there are like continuity people are supposed to look out for that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you cut like the take that's the best take. Right. And sometimes you have to make that choice of like, oh, this take feels better overall. And this is the better performance. Yeah. But it has this minor continuity error. Mm-hmm. And hopefully if you're doing your job right, people won't notice that. And I think it's funny because I saw a clip from uh, the Steve McQueen movie Bullet the other day. Yeah. And I was shocked because there's a wild edit in that infamous car chase that I had never fucking noticed before. And there's a part where I think it's um one of the cars comes around a corner really quick mm-hmm. and it clips a car that's parked on the street. Okay. And I don't think it was supposed to happen. And it seems like the camera is either mounted to that car that was clipped or it was, like, really close. So uh, the presumption being is that the car hit the camera and knocked it over. Okay. So it was probably, like, a bit of a wiggle. And so much of that sequence is, like, locked off on tripods, where, yeah. like, they might be panning and tilting, but it's, like, steady. So they had to decide, okay, it's too early to cut to the next shot, but it'd be weird to end this cut on like a wiggle right mm-hmm. so there's a straight up jump cut where the car disappears <laughs> oh, the car is fully in frame and then it's gone <laughs> and
0: i never fucking noticed it's like yeah. a really obvious i've never edit. noticed that either yeah wow. do you there is a scene in Firewalk with me where cheryl lee walks off screen like she walks out of frame And, like, the direction that she's walking is, like, kind of towards the camera, like, as if she would be walking past it. And there is, I swear, there's, like, a move, there's some kind of movement that looks like Shirley bumps into the camera person as she's walking by. And it's in the movie.
1: And that's the thing where, like, I get that sometimes, too, where I set up, like, a (laughs) tripod to, God bless you. I set up a tripod. We're keeping it in. But then it's (laughs) it's like, I don't
0: know. But then just on real quick on the fire walk with me thing. I don't know if that's what it is that's happening. Yeah. It's so strange to think of that that would happen and it's in like a very it doesn't i don't know i guess i'd have to watch the scene for like the timing to see if it like does really feel weird if we cut earlier than that but i just remember watching it being like what the hell is what is this and then i also want like it's david lynch so for all i know you know it's something
1: well what i was gonna say is um when i when i was setting up my ipod to shoot like slow motion video of me running It's so tough because there are certain things, and I feel like this is what happened, Mm. where it's unnatural for you to walk past the camera because there's so little clearance for you to get around the camera, especially if you're shooting 35 millimeter film. That's a Funkin... That's a Funkin... (laughs) That's a Funkin beast. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's like you... So you have to skirt the line of like, me, the actor is trying to not walk into this giant fucking camera rig. Mm -hmm. But me, the character, is just walking where there shouldn't be anything. So my presumption is that, you know, it's either you have an awkward, like, step to the side thing, or you bump into the fucking camera. And so it probably had to be you bump in the camera. And it's that kind of thing where, like, when you're editing, and this is the stressful thing about editing, it really comes down to frames, which are like 1 24th of a second. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you cut a frame too early, it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. You got to cut a frame later. <laughs> so that's what I assume happened is they're like, I want to cut early, but it just feels too weird. We mm-hmm. got to leave in the camera bump.
0: Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Pets cop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cause how else do you transition? To, like what's the, what's yeah. the fucking lead in for that? You know, there's nothing, there's no way to say, seg- well, okay. David Lynch, <laughs> Uh, horrifying unknowingness, the okay. cosmic horror of the universe. Okay. Pets cop, we're there. I mean. All right, cool. Great. That, that felt natural. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, definitely wasn't very uh, rigid. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to, like, because I feel like I just talked, so I wanted to open the floor, but I can lead us into it if y'all I want. I mean,
0: well, I think it would be proper for you to do so since you're the one who introduced the two of us to it. That,
1: yeah, that is very fair. Uh, The first time I heard about Pets Cop, I was working the night shift at my hotel. Oh, God. And I was, (laughs) (laughs) I was, I can't remember if it was the night shift or the graveyard shift. I think it was just the night shift. But I remember, it's weird because it's such an obscure thing, Mm -hmm. but I read about it in the New York Times. That is how I found out about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, organizing the paper, which was always such a clusterfuck because we had one for 80 rooms and people like can i can i take this and i'm like
2: not really like and i can
1: i buy it and i'm like no that's for like 160 people to share it's not a good system i'm sorry but uh our our owner was and i can say this i don't fucking work there yeah but our owner was fucking insane (laughs) and it was a really big deal to him that like the one paper always be kept in order so you could have a line of like 10 guests because Mm -hmm. we're so understaffed but if that goddamn paper wasn't, like, neat and tidy, like, you weren't doing your fucking job, right? Wow. Which is the important thing to focus on, not the customer, <laughs> but the goddamn paper. mm mm-hmm. um, So I was going to do my daily five, like, every five minutes going and, like, making sure it's all neat <laughs> and organized, and I see this weird, like, haunted-looking sprite figure, and it's, like, Pets Cop, the most haunted game that doesn't exist. And I was like, whoa.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is this? hmm
1: And so for those that don't know... And it's weird because it kind of like it was a very specific timed thing kind of, right? Because what it was is it was a a spooky horror series done under the guise of a Let's Play, Mm -hmm. which for those that don't know, it'll be someone playing through a video game, uh, either a new game or a retro game and providing commentary on it. Um, But this is like the horror version of it where the backstory is this kid got this game that was in development for christmas one year although it's cryptic like the note says that they received it for christmas in both like 1997 and 2001 (laughs) so already like your brain can't bridge the gap between Mm -hmm. like what the fuck is going on and what you see is this kind of like mumble mouthed person you never see them but you hear they're kind of like it sounds like they're using like a shitty computer mic they don't have like a proper like podcast voice
0: Uh, no it's very like kind
2: of chilling yeah and it's not talking to himself
0: well it's not presented as something that is supposed to be shown to the public Yes, he's
3: which is kind of a twist
1: yeah
0: i well yeah i guess it is so it it may be yeah i forgot how but i guess thing that is
1: revealed but yeah yeah it's revealed late but i think it's like still the first episode
2: it is um he does not sound at all like he's acting a certain way. Yeah. no. So that's what kind of you know helps you suspend any disbelief that you had, and, and the, it sounds so natural.
0: It does, and the description on the the video of, of the first episode is the game that I found. Yeah. Um, and so also, so these videos were put up. There was no context provided as to who was making these videos, um, or like whether or not like pets it looked like it was a real game yeah yeah um but there was you know obviously nothing in this universe it's almost like a fucking house of leaves thing where we found the fucking book house of leaves which is about you know a documentary film that doesn't actually exist so like we're watching this let's play about a video game but the video game doesn't exist and then it just, it evolves into something that is so terrifying.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, um, it reminds me of the way Blair Witch presented itself at first, was like, we found this footage, you know, here we're going to present it, and we're going to like lightly edit it to like craft some sort of narrative, but it feels like you're watching raw footage. And the thing about Petscop is, it feels like at first, like there's so many, Let's Playing is such a big thing that there are people who are like, let's i don't know how else to put it it's going to sound mean but like <laughs> shitty let's players yeah. where it is intended for an audience but it's so like low quality and they're not really like they don't have like that enthusiasm that like really yeah, like yeah. just radiates and hooks you in so when you watch it for the first time it's kind of like you get the sense that this person is showing you this thing and they're sharing it with you so it feels like it is made for a wide audience and then I think one of the most brilliant lines in Pets Cop is like, so yeah, like when you get back into town, like we can look at this together. Exactly. And, right, and yeah, all of a sudden you're like. addressing
2: somebody purposefully. Yeah. And, and we you, never really find out who that's supposed to be, right?
0: I. It's implied who it is.
2: I have it's, to rewatch the whole thing. Yeah. yeah
0: it's, it's, cause it, it really, like the story is, it is remarkably dense Like not just thematically, but like in terms of the characters and like what is actually happening. Yeah, like it's. I still I don't really have like a firm grasp on like what is happening. Yeah, you know, it's
1: much like a David Lynch film where like everything is there. there, There's the fucking link. Yeah, (laughs) but you have to do so much work to craft the narrative in your own head and like interpret it, and Mm. it's so different from person to person. Um, in how you arrive at what it's trying to say. And the whole thing like opens up like over the course of a few episodes. And going back to what you were saying about the release schedule, because there was no information about the creator, and because the game that is played is presented as like a test copy that only one person would have, there's no way to really disprove that it's not real. Yeah. Although, I won't go into it, but the PlayStation 1 had affine texture mapping, Pescop does not have affine texture bang. I can't believe it.
0: <laughs> uh, what bullshit. So version anyway. ruined. Yeah. And I don't know if this is at what point this is revealed, if it is revealed, but um the note that is affixed to the game is not addressed to um the person that we are watching play the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So somebody else had this game first, and then Paul ended up with it somehow.
1: Yeah. And the whole thing is presented as like Paul is what we think is the name of our our main character. Well, I and, that's
0: what on the YouTube channel um that's wasn't there a description that was like that or I'm I'm trying Yeah, go ahead. I'm but I'm um, so it,
1: up. it starts off with the player like explaining like, "Oh, there's this game that's in my family. It's weird. Here, let me walk you through it." And then at the end of the video, they're like, also, there's this note I got. And this note has, like, this code that you enter in the menu. And it takes the player from, like, what seems like kind of a cute, like, animal-catching RPG. Kind of like a Pokemon-type puzzle game, almost. He goes into, like, this weird Nether Um, And it just is so strange and disconcerting. And from that point on, it is Paul, like, discovering the game with you. And it's no longer, like, showing you something, but you're discovering it together. And the way it was released is, like, the release schedule was so erratic, there would be large gaps of, like, a few days to a few months in between episodes. Sometimes, like, three episodes would hit in one day. And it was always so strange because the narrative is so kind of, like, loose that after every episode, it was like, is that the last
2: one? Yeah, you really didn't know until it ended mm-hmm. yeah and even then i was like I, I don't know if you're really done because you know or you're just saying you're done because that's like part of the, the story yeah, like you're gonna creep me out one last time with a extra video the yeah.
0: so the first pets cop video was published on march 12 2017 um and i just want to read the video description because okay, yeah. i think it's important so it out under the published date it says the game i found and then you know there's a break and then it says the note with a colon. And the note reads I walked downstairs and when I got to the bottom, instead of proceeding, I turned the right and became a shadow monster man. And then six thirteen ninety-seven, as in the date June thirteenth, nineteen ninety-seven, for you, please go to my website on this sticker and also go to Ronis. Roneth's room and press start and press down, 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 right start.
1: Because the way the game is set up is like you're going into these different locations. It's kind of like a daycare thing and you're doing these puzzles to like rescue these pets. So Roneth is one of the pets that you're trying to rescue but then when you enter that code something different happens and And then from there it's just like a, a Pandora's box of scariness. Which speaks to, like, the immersion aspect, because you think, like, it's done like a PlayStation 1 game. Yeah. But there's so much depth to the mechanics and the world that is revealed over the course of goddamn 24 episodes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, the whole
2: thing's, like, four hours long. Yeah, like, some of the episodes are, like, ten minutes, some of them are, like, an hour. Yeah. You never know what you're getting.
0: And there's, like, one, I think, is about 30 seconds. Maybe it's a minute long. And by the time I realized what I was watching, I freaked the fuck out. Mm -hmm. um because it's literally just it's like one image really with some like little moving pieces you know um it's like a very it's it's so incredibly well done and so for the longest time until it ended and um you know the guy who made it came out on twitter and was like hey everybody i'm the guy who made pets cop i was not entirely convinced that it wasn't real like it has like it's it's frightening how real Petscop feels when you watch it
1: yeah like i never i never thought it was real but it's the most it's the most real feeling thing like that i've ever seen especially like we were talking about with the fact that the dialogue doesn't sound written it sounds very natural Mm. that's almost like harder to do
2: than acting right because to make it sound like you're not acting when you actually are
1: yeah exactly
2: which is like in any sort of found footage or found video game thing that's always what kind of takes me out of it is people being like trying to act naturally but not just acting like they're acting in like a normal movie instead of just pretending to be a person talking
1: and that whole thing where like you're still like kind of self-conscious so you can't really let yourself go like, I always think of Marble Hornets, where, like, I really dug Marble Hornets, mm-hmm. but there was always a point where they'd be like, oh, we got to get out of here. We got to go. Ah, <laughs> yeah. ah, And it's like, it feels so false. Mm-hmm. And with that, like, they had a, and this isn't a detriment to those guys, they're like great creators, but, like, they had a sketch channel, mm. so you go to watch the sketch channel and you're like, oh, I can see, like, the other yeah. side. Yeah. But you never see the protagonist's face from Pets Cop. You never know, like how many people are making this. If it mm-hmm. is just this one person, yeah. And there's so much mystery that, like, that helps the immersion. And with he it, he
2: never is like expresses like I'm frightened by this. He's always just like, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah, yeah. So, the way yeah. I described it, I think, I think in the essay that I wrote about it, I that, wanted to bring that up. I gave up, myself homework. <laughs> uh,
0: then, just real quick, the guy's name. So, the person who made Pet's Cop is uh, uh, named Tony. I don't know if his last name is out there. But yeah. on Twitter, he's Tony and he's uh, at pressed yes on Twitter. Uh, I just thought we should credit the creator of Petscop since yes. we were Shout talking about him. it. So it's detailed cool. and love
2: uh, passionately. Um, I described it as like a creepypasta come to life because yeah. there's an understanding on the internet um, about like stories on the no sleep Reddit and creepypastas that everything that you're reading is real, even if it isn't. Mm. So. Like, applying it to Petscop, it doesn't matter if it's not real, because he's presenting it to you as real, so... I mean, I did a better job of explaining so, it,
0: Well, so but. this is... it. That makes me think of, like, so it doesn't matter if Harmony Corinne actually paid NASA $10,000 to retrieve the script for what makes pistachio nuts from his computer that he lost in a house fire. Yeah. The fact that that story exists in the context of him telling it as a fact, is that's that's what the
2: important thing is. Yeah. I think I got into, like, Baudrillard's hyper-reality in it to be a <laughs> douchebag, and I, I really, like, stretched the definition of it to try to get Petscop to fit into it, but... well, you also... You used this paper to apply to grad school, that is correct? Yes. <laughs> and you were also accepted? I was, but I think... It, I, we can credit the paper for that, <laughs> okay. right? Yeah. No, because I think I got in for like a short story or something, but they I, Well, whatever. <laughs> um But basically, I think hyper reality is a copy of a reality that doesn't exist. So I don't know, I'm so tired, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's I was okay. just like
1: forcing because I really wanted to No, like, I wanted I Yeah, wanted, yeah no. I, 'Cause of the three people in this room, only one of us has written an essay on Pet Stop. <laughs> and I feel like we I want to have you in the conversation more because like I want to hear about Baudrillard's harp reality, but I also understand like that stuff is so hard when you have that concept in your head and to you gotta like it. squeeze it out like a tube of toothpaste and you're just like I just fucking mm-hmm. yeah. uh, yeah.
2: reading about it uh, <laughs> y- y- it's impossible. I still probably am getting it wrong. <laughs> who cares
1: yeah like but, yeah. i don't think anyone on a podcast can be like that's not what baudrillard's hyperreality <laughs> like
0: you know what and then if they if they do then they're yelling it at a podcast and we can't hear you so yeah you know, but we can whatever. say hey man chill out yeah relax <laughs> you can, you can stop yeah. screaming <laughs> <laughs>
1: but do we want to do we want to get like more deep in the themes of Petscop, or should we like leave it for like the people to discover
0: it's so fun to discover yeah it really is you like, know i would
2: talk about it forever but if, if we want to
0: i just think i don't want to get too deep into it in yeah. terms because there it really is it's there's there's a lot to it like if you really do enjoy like dense storytelling then pets cop is like oh, like you know on par with you know reading a novel that
2: has you know a lot of um we could link to my essay if people want to read it.
1: Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. I wanted to ask you off air if you'd be comfortable with that, but now yeah, that absolutely. you said it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck, I'm rather yeah. proud
2: of it. There's even footnotes. Hell, yeah. nice. I added footnotes <laughs> cuz I was like I'm using this to apply to grad school. Mhm. I'm going to put footnotes in. I it. think that's oh, yeah. what
0: James Joyce's reasoning was for uh using footnotes as well. Really? I think so, but I also We're basically don't the same. I don't know anything <laughs> about James Joyce except uh his predilection for his wife's farts i was gonna say i know one thing yeah that's that's what i know i also i mean i know the titles of the books he wrote i know (laughs) he didn't care for dublin i wrote yeah i wrote a stand-up joke about um how no no fear shakespeare is ridiculous because what I, i i no i don't the joke it's the joke is about how shakespeare wrote like an asshole yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that you needed to write a fucking book to be like look we get it this guy fucking wrote like an asshole so we made it easier for you and that if um they had no fear james joyce ulysses would be like a guy walks around dublin with soap in his pocket and then uh I, the, he looks at the ocean right yeah. then he's on the like, parapet and
1: he's shaven that's as far as i got i
0: think so there's a uh, like a hundred page sentence in there about his wife's vagina or something like oh that. okay i don't know. is that the streaming consciousness I think section I, I made that i might have made that up i really don't know
1: it sounds like something james joyce would write
3: <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and aaron you probably know more about this than i do but i was thinking it's funny with shakespeare is like we have to like study shakespeare and you need to have like translations of shakespeare but weren't his plays just like mostly like violent sex comedies oh absolutely like
2: (laughs) um the entire title of much ado about nothing is like a pun because um oh my shakespeare teacher explained this to me it's um actually would have been pronounced noting i guess in like that period okay so to note somebody is to like to notice them like to want to fuck them yeah (laughs) so it was like a play on words um and yeah everything's just dick jokes and you know like his tragedies are very tragic and (laughs) real Mm -hmm. but they also have like like hamlet is a little like bitch like he's just (laughs) he is just a grumpy like um maybe i don't know if entitled is the word but he's just like a rebellious teen he's got a lot going on his dad just got murdered yeah but he's like he's like sassy you ever
0: think about the opening scene of hamlet is how about how the opening scene of hamlet is just two guys digging a hole and they're like oh hey look there's a fucking ghost over there <laughs> yeah
1: because that's the thing i always think about that as how like it was like kind of pulpy entertainment for the people
2: you like always thought of it as like low it is in yeah. a,
0: it in in a weird way it's almost like and not to say that it is you know as, like, lowbrow, like people may consider it, but almost the way that a lot of people think about like genre films uh, as being like a lower brow than, you know, art house stuff.
1: Or like Trailer Park Boys. Like, I think Trailer Park Boys is a very re- well written, well produced show. Yeah. But you look at it and you're like, oh, this is like lowbrow humor. But that doesn't mean there wasn't like thought and care in its craft.
0: Sure. Okay. And I
1: think, you know, there will be a day where scholars will will look back on this podcast mm. and they'll explain all our goofy made-up words. So I can't think this, of any right that's now. That's
0: another but. thing. That's uh is people talk about how prolific Shakespeare was and it's he made up 50% of the fucking words that he used
1: but we yeah. still use them yeah you do and you, you, i make
2: up words all the time
0: to, you ex- <laughs> you argued this to me before yeah. i'm still saying i could be prolific too if half the shit that i was talking about was nonsense so
1: do it all right fine. <laughs> i don't yes yeah, it was like that's always the argument it's like all right then make up some nonsense words yeah i think that sounds fucking rad and i think you're fully capable of that I, you just gotta believe in yourself you're just jealous of shakespeare man shut up bro <laughs> i sorry to come at you like that but yeah just, well you know.
0: you know what maybe because it was too real you got too fucking real <laughs> i'm sorry because <laughs> <laughs> you know i just like no hey, i I, j- I joke about shakespeare a lot but um i do have a lot of respect for those works in a sense but i also yeah. don't know enough about shakespeare to say that i like respect william shakespeare the man because yeah i respect william
1: shakespeare the myth right the yeah, legend sure. i don't know how many of those words he actually invented didn't or like what he write he like wrote? some
0: super racist and anti-semitic stuff and people were like hey bro
2: what the fuck and he was like oh no it wasn't me it was this other guy i don't know Marlowe. right i have no idea i have something as far as i know the whole myth that he didn't write his own plays has largely been debunked oh so but wait, i don't wait, know wait, any uh, of the okay any of the reasons why i just remember hearing that <laughs> i
0: think th- there's that key and peel sketch where they go to see othello and then approach shakespeare after the play is over because they enjoy the first act so much but then are really pissed off at the end when othello dies yeah and uh, shakespeare like in worry that he's going to be beaten up by these two very angry men um says that somebody else wrote it uh <laughs> I don't know what the name he gives is. but I think yeah. it is Marlowe.
1: I think you're right. Yeah.
0: and But then I, and I think here Marlowe, I just think, I think. Philip Marlowe. And then I think about the long goodbye.
1: I was trying not to go into a, a Humphrey Bogart impression and do Bogart <laughs> in Shakespeare times. I'm like, that's fucking, that's yeah. nothing. Uh, <laughs> there's, now, there's what, now, nothing all right.
0: Now, now I'm imagining um, Elliot Gould's Philip Marlowe. Yeah uh in hamlet like he that that marlo gets called in to investigate a crime by hamlet and he's just walking around with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth you can like understand about 75 percent of what he fucking says
1: speaking of which hmm. um one more I, hamlet thing though oh yeah sorry no let's talk about no, i'm sorry i love hamlet i was just gonna talk about no. me let's fuck that <laughs> <laughs> um
2: In one of the I don't know how many movie adaptations of Hamlet there are, but in one of the more like popular ones, fucking Mel Gibson plays Hamlet. Oh. It's Whoa. Yeah. How do I not know about this? The the rest of the cast is great, but he fucking first of all Hamlet's supposed to be like a young man, like a a young prince. Also Mel Gibson fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. And it just like I don't know, like he plays him so like big tough guy. When half of the well, most of the play is just Hamlet being like, Oh, I don't know, you guys.
1: do you think that was like i wonder if that was like mill gibson pushing back on what they probably wanted to do and like do you think he was like protecting his tough guy persona
2: probably yeah but then again i don't know why they would cast him in the first place Yeah, that seems like fucking if you wanted to me. make a well, was, authentic like adaptation uh yeah it was
0: 1990 um so I can definitely see them trying to be like, let's do Hamlet, but like a little bit tougher. And like <laughs> Mel Gibson was like fucking super handsome, not a known horrifying racist uh, in in nineteen ninety. Yeah, I think uh, th- it was still only known in Australia at that point.
2: <laughs> had not quite it, reached us yet. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're 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 living in the future. You know, it, yeah. it just hadn't hit us yet. I um, mean, yeah, they were like, you know what, this Hamlet movie needs. The Lethal Weapon demographic. <laughs> That's what we need to bring to this to make the buko go bucks.
0: Right. Well, I he was already he'd already been in like Lethal Weapon and the Road Warrior by the time Hamlet came out. That's what I'm saying. Oh, They okay. want to get
1: those oh, that audience in. All right. Because yeah, they're like sure. Oh
2: shit, the Lethal Weapon guy's Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be exactly like Lethal Weapon.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like that scene in Last Action Hero. Is that Hamlet too, where Alan Schwarzenegger is in the Shakespeare adaptation? I think he plays Hamlet. I
0: don't know if it's... Is it Hamlet? Because when... I know there's this Steve movie with Steve Coogan, Hamlet too, where yeah, he plays no, I mean, like the drama teacher that writes a play about Jesus or something.
1: Right. I was just thinking about like tough action. Guy oh, no, now, no, right? no.
0: I know what you're... Th- I just don't remember if that was Hamlet. When you say Hamlet 2, I think of the other thing. Yeah. I don't know what Last Action Hero is uh referencing. Whenever I think of Last Action oh. Hero, the first thing I think of is Sylvester Stallone as Terminator. <laughs> yeah because
1: uh hamlet is hamlet to be or not to be is that yeah. one of that yeah because yeah. i think he's holding. that was a
0: dope question bro <laughs> <laughs> um because
1: there's that there's that great line in last action here where he's like to be or not to be not to be <laughs>
2: <laughs> and i didn't understand rocks. for a yeah. long time until i read it in high school was that he's talking about like to live or to fucking kill myself, <laughs> which mm. like you wouldn't understand. Like he's talking about being as in like ending his existence.
0: That's some real shit, Hamlet. Yeah. yeah, which, he, did, like, yeah he got the... somebody else to do it for him, though. Yeah. Pussy. He can... <laughs> Spoiler alert for Hamlet. People, everybody fucking dies. Yeah. Yo, do
1: you guys know how that Julius Caesar play ends?
0: It's crazy. Oh, crazy. <laughs> yeah,
2: dude. He flies away. He, Actually, on, he, like, he, he like dies in act one.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Wait, Most of the play oh, is just yes. Yeah, Caesar <laughs> does not live to the end of that play. Oh, I no.
1: read it and I forget this. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, the of March was at the because that one guy's like, "Hey, Caesar, a March," and she was like, "Yeah, all
2: right, book. <laughs> okay, all right, <laughs> sure." Freak. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hippie. And then stop fucking pointing at me. Yeah. And then he dies. And then Mark Anthony makes his big speech. Ed, and the rest of the he sang to you. Yes. And the rest of the play is just Brutus Brutus and Cassius arguing on the battlefield. It's very, like, I like it. It's very Mm. clever, but it's so boring after that (laughs) point. Yeah. (laughs) The season was my favorite character, and he got, like, stabbed, like, so
1: many goddamn
0: times. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't like this Brutus guy so much. (laughs) No. Oh, I think I just got that joke in The Simpsons... In the Lisa's Wedding episode, where they're trying to figure out the cure for 17 stab wounds to save oh. Mr. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's actually what it's referencing. It's gotta be. It's, I mean, I, maybe. That makes sense to
1: equate sure. Monty Burns with Caesar and getting stabbed 17 times, <laughs> yeah. like, I think.
2: Even just the hair, right? Didn't he have, like, the... A little bit. Yeah, oh, he has, like, a ring, of, it? Yeah, it like ring of hair, it. kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. I like Mr. Burns. I mean, I don't. He's a bad yeah. person, but he's my favorite like one of my favorite characters. He's just so I awful. <laughs> one of my
0: favorite things in The Simpsons is the relationship between Homer and Milhouse. There is something <laughs> so fucking special about the way that Homer regards Milhouse as like barely a fucking person. Um and there are so many great like moments uh there obviously the when he so they the badger is in the doghouse and homer's like oh badger my ass it's probably (laughs) millhouse or like he's like him literally screaming across the neighborhood to millhouse to tell him to send bart home yeah um or there's or mr burns asking uh asking his son if or asking if homer has a son if he ever brings home uh dimwits who he makes him talk to and homer's like oh don't get me started do you know this kid Milhouse? <laughs> yeah there's just something
1: so funny about someone like having being so antagonistic to someone who like very much doesn't deserve it mm-hmm. and i always think of like whenever something goes right i just immediately think like oh yeah everything's coming up millhouse yeah i still that do that too it's just such a bum rap
0: but so and then oh i there's something hysterical about idiot adults that are, are antagonistic to children though yeah and which that's why i love jody hill's movies and tv series so much is because it, they're just idiot adults that are yelling at little kids and it's fucking hysterical <laughs> i'll you
1: never what? forget like we all have a million and one retail and service stories right yeah. yeah but i'll never forget this one where um it was this this little kid came up to the copy center and he was like i need this thing printed out now and the dad was like no 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 son (laughs) like it's fine it you have to wait 24 hours because they have to schedule the jobs right Mm -hmm. so even though it takes like two seconds to print your thing the thing that someone else is patiently waiting for is being worked on and the kid's like no i want it now only wait here's the twist that was the dad saying that the little kid was the one being <laughs> like no you gotta wait oh so shit!
2: was gonna be like damn gotcha. all right veruca salt calm the fuck down
0: <laughs> yeah did the kid really explain to his dad mm-hmm. how the copy print center works yep and the the dad
1: literally was like that was like no i need this now i want it now and this little 10 year old kid who i felt so bad for he just looks so beleaguered and he's like no dad they don't they got to, like, you don't understand. They, you got to wait your turn. Mm-hmm. It's, we'll just come back tomorrow. He said it'll be ready tomorrow. Like, let's just go. And I was like, oh, man, this, like, it, you think when you're growing up, like, oh, adults have it figured out. <laughs> and you go, like, oh, so many adults have not, like, looked inward mm-hmm. and grown up. And Jesus Christ, now I have to deal with this, like, 40-year-old, 5-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> It's a horrible analogy. <laughs> it sounds
0: like that kid has had to do that a lot. Yeah. Um, which is really unfortunate. It's very sad. And, yeah,
1: I'm so sorry for telling such a sad story, but no, it no, just reminded me of Homer Simpson. <laughs> it's a great way to end the
0: podcast. So I say we just end it there without saying anything to lighten the mood. Oh, but uh, well, this, this will not lighten the mood, but I was, this is the I, one was, time... I was half jo- I was half joking.
1: Oh, okay. I just thought it was funny because this is the one time I have a proper segue. Oh, okay. I, was, I'm gonna do it. Was, uh, yeah. It. There is a scene hmm. in the new documentary This is Paris where uh, Paris Hilton is described as being more like Homer Simpson in real life than her brand like promotes her.
2: What does that mean? Are those the what? only two things you can use to describe people? Like, you're either Paris Hilton on TV or you're Homer Simpson. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the two. There's no in-between. Ultim- the Homer-Paris dichotomy. Ultimately,
0: yeah. she is well-meaning, but under, like, 50 layers of the most like stubborn idiocy imaginable yeah that's the thing i don't like i don't know what uh, yeah i don't know what they're saying
1: i think and i I feel so bad because i can't remember her name and i think it's like paris hilton's sister but i'm just like i'm blanking on her yeah (laughs) uh nikki hilton i can't remember her other last name i'm so sorry i didn't research this before (laughs) i just watched it last night and really want to talk about it (laughs) but the thing is when that happens i The comparison doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like the real Paris just like hangs out and watches TV and eats leftovers. She's Homer Simpson. And I'm like, that's a loose comparison. Yeah.
2: It's just every person that's not like Mm -hmm. is Homer Simpson just like every poor person? (laughs) I guess
1: so. I don't know. Um but anyway, this is Paris, is a documentary directed by Alexandra Dean. It's now on YouTube. Uh you can watch it for free with ads. It's like an hour forty five minutes,
0: oh. and it's
1: really fucking great because mm. you're. I feel like you're already like I'm made just up your mind about this. Thinking about <laughs> the
0: movie about watching a feature film with ads. That's that's the reaction yeah. you're lo- that that's the response you're seeing. And I that's definitely
1: want to. I definitely want to talk about that. And sorry for like jumping on no, that, but like, but yeah, because it was re- it was a really bizarre experience because it's a very emotional movie. Mm-hmm. It's a very heartbreaking movie. Um but there'll be like this really intense emotional scene where like you just feel like you're devastated mm-hmm. and like so much empathy and like sorrow and then it'll cut to a target like you'll see the pop up ad in five <laughs> four and you're like, God damn it, like yeah. I know it's yeah. coming and I just wanna like stay in the scene mm-hmm. and my personal YouTube ad was for the Adobe Creative Suite, and their current ad campaign is: after Selton has like a heartbreaking confession, it cuts to "Gonna feel so good." Oh my Gonna god! Gonna feel so
0: good, oh my god. and it, it fucking sucks. It's mm-hmm. like when Netflix cuts to a fucking trailer as like as soon yep. as the credits start rolling. It's like. Can I think about Simon Killer for maybe 15 fucking seconds before you shove the Uncut Gems
2: trailer down my throat? They used to do the even worse thing if you were just, like, scrolling over a title and it would just start fucking playing. Oh, it, they, it still does that Really on the, the app. Oh, okay. On the PlayStation, it doesn't do that anymore. Oh, wait, I think really? in your oh, settings maybe, you can turn it off. Oh, There's a, it's a I, option now. I think I just haven't turned it yeah, off. Yeah, like, before then, you can cause... even get halfway through reading the description, oh, it starts. Yeah. And
0: some of those trailers would be like, oh, shit, I can't believe this guy was the killer. Well, remember (laughs) remember when they would have the loading screen over like the frame of from the movie. And sometimes it would be like a fucking spoiler. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the specific instance, but I remember starting a movie I'd seen before and it was loading like the frame that it was loading over. I was like, oh, that's fucking great. (laughs) Like, you know, like this is it's like literally like a halfway point, like reveal or something like that. And they're just like, boom, here you go.
1: That would happen on Shudder where they had like the live streaming component of Shudder. Oh, and yeah. It was always playing in the background, even if you weren't on that page. So you'd be looking through movies. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like this is early. It oh, was like okay. I think it, their website wasn't like fully formed yet, but you would hear movies going on in the background just as you were scrolling and you couldn't turn it off. You just had to mute your computer. Oof. But uh, back to This is Paris, really fucking great doc. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting because it reminds me of, um, for those that don't know, Larry the Cable Guy is a character. That's not what that dude is like. Sure. It's just a dude playing a character, but he is so fucking good at his branding that people just equate him with that character. And they're like, oh, that's what that dude's like in real life. Mm. But he tried out a bunch of different characters and you watch early stand up from him where he's playing like uh like New York yuppie businessman guy. Sure. But he was just like he knew the secret to branding which we here at Wm MacDodop do not, know, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about Paris Hilton is that like that was all a character because that's what she felt like America wanted to see. Mm. From a very early age she obviously grew up in like a very wealthy family of hotel magnates. Um, and they just like were constantly filming her mm. and they kind of groomed her to be a celebrity because her nickname was Star. They always had a fucking camera on her. Mm. They wanted her to perform and they would like, there's all these scenes of them being like, oh, you're Marilyn Monroe. You're this. No, wait. You're Paris Hilton. You're going to be better than them all. But at the same time, she had like a super restricted childhood were like she couldn't go out, she couldn't date, she couldn't wear makeup. Mm. So you're just like withdrawing and withholding all this stuff from a kid and then they turn 18, they're set loose in New York City into the public eye and just because they're like now living their life because they have control of their life and they're playing into this brand to become successful, um people just demonized her for it. Mm. And there's a really heartbreaking part where uh the Filmmaker, I assume it's Alexander Dean. I'm not mm. sure who's behind the camera asking her the questions, mm-hmm. but they mentioned how she was kind of like a forerunner for influencer culture, and if she feels responsible for creating that, and she says, "I do," and I think that's so fucking tragic because it wasn't. I don't think it's her fault. Mm, it's yeah. the machine, and oh, she's yeah. a victim of that machine. Yeah, and it feels weird to like not get into this and like because the movie treats it as a reveal, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of childhood trauma that like was very surprising to learn about. Okay. And I don't want to get into it because it feels kind of exploitative watching the movie honestly. Oh, where like all it right. teases it and you're like it feels weird to tease someone's trauma. Sure. Yeah. But I think what they're trying to do by the end of it is they they want to present you with who Paris Hilton is mm-hmm. beyond that and not right. be like she's defined by being a victim right. and she's not defined by her trauma. Here's who she is. But now we're also going to share with you this information at the end of the film right, once right. we present that. And it, like, it makes you think back to watching The Simple Life where she's like, what's a Walmart? Mm. I don't even know. Like She's playing a character yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah and just feeding into what she thinks America wants of her. Mm-hmm. And then we just demonized her for it and vilified
0: her for it.
2: Yeah. Okay. Instead of people love Larry, the cable guy, <laughs> Yeah. but we hate Paris Hilton mm-hmm. because she's a girl. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly.
0: uh, so I have two things to say. The first of which is that I think I'm probably just going to rent that movie tonight and watch it because I won't watch it with ads, but I really want to watch it because it sounds fantastic yeah. and heartbreaking. Um, and it's a super bummer that it the movie does treat her trauma as like almost fodder for like audience engagement yeah. in a way. Like but that it reminded me of something that I really appreciated about Bobcat Goldthwaite was when he was doing, you know, the marketing for um Call Me Lucky, he like just talks like Scott when he was on an episode of Comedy Bang Bang and Scott Ackerman asked him if he like was he didn't want to say too much and Bobcat was just like well no and talks about like you know Barry's revelation on stage that he was abused you know he was uh, sexually abused as a child he was like you know it he didn't treat it like it was a spoiler yeah. you know which i i thought was really like that it's probably the most appropriate way to treat that kind of content you know especially if you are the filmmaker like, yeah. you have a duty because you're the one who is bringing this information to the public, you know? Yeah. So don't manipulate your audience. If you have, like, you want to make a movie about Paris Hilton and, like, about how she was, you know, how she was made to become the person that she is to society in a lot of ways because of so many horrible things— you have like a fucking duty to be on Paris's side, one hundred percent. In that the means, movie is yeah, yeah. But that mean that I think that also means not taking advantage of the content that you have access to and using it in this like cinematic way. Just like you have to like I I'm gonna have to watch the movie obviously, yeah. but how you made it sound, just it does sound like that is it's just not appropriate you know well
1: that's the thing overall like at the end of the day i thought that movie was like for the most part very tasteful and very well done okay and it's the kind of thing where it's tough because like that's my reaction as the viewer to certain parts of it Mm. but it's not like it's still i i do think it was a conscious choice to save that for the end not necessarily just to be like a third act reveal right but like i said to present her as she is Without defining her by that trauma. Okay. Um, And it's the kind of thing where like it might feel uncomfortable to us because it feels exploitative. Right. But some, because so much of that movie is about how Paris is like so fucking in control of her brand and how she's been so successful as a business person because of that control. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the behind the scenes knowledge of like, clearly she was a big part of this project. So that could be a conscious decision on her part too oh, to yeah. present it that way. That's true. But I do definitely agree in terms of the marketing thing mm. um, because I, this I definitely feel weird about. The way it was presented to me for my friend is like, apparently, there's like a big secret at the end of this movie that it reveals. Mm. And that feels like very shitty yeah, to be that's like, that's gross. Whoa. Way to put it, yeah. Yeah. And because it's the kind of thing where
0: it's like, it feeds into that antiviral kind of like, you know, horrifying, like, Almost dystopian level of celebrity obsession. And it's sad
2: that we, that's how you get people to want to watch something is something horrible happens to a woman. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds great.
1: And that's what I was thinking about. Like, it's so fucking tragic that, like, we have to have a movie produced for you to empathize with her, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it requires a documentary for you to be like, oh, I understand. I'm on her side. Like, it shouldn't require that. And it's, they have to do that in order to get this in front of people's eyes. And I really think people should see it. And it's not, I don't want to blame the filmmakers because it feels like the system that's the problem, right? Well,
0: yeah, that's true. And then also a lot of the time, filmmakers are not in control of the marketing, you know? So even when it comes to word of mouth, obviously that's something that somebody picks up like big secret. That might be their interpretation of like, you know, reading a review that says like, that the movie does reveal things about Paris Hilton's life that weren't made public before. But then it's also like, why the fuck were any of the parts of her life made or of her private life made public before, you know, like Mm -hmm. the whole celebrity of obsession culture is a, it's a really dangerous issue, not just for society, but for people like Paris Hilton. Yeah. Yeah. And the movie does like
1: a fucking incredible job of tackling that Mm. about talking about celebrity culture and how it affects the people who are like in front of the camera and just addressing the people behind the camera. Right. Um, I'm pretty I'm going to wrap this up, but there are a lot of like really like uncomfortable scenes of them showing her like interacting with fans and how like so many people just like cross the line with her Mm. and it's like very uncomfortable and you just like. Again, it shouldn't take a fucking movie right. to like present this to you, yeah. but I think it is an important thing for people to watch. So if you're like, you know, oh, the fucking the Paris Hilton documentary, who gives a shit? I would I would very much recommend it because it's a it's a really beautiful heartbreaking movie. Yeah, great.
0: All right. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's definitely the note cuz so I that's I, what I, I mean, I have to go home now so I can watch that movie. Hell I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> yeah.
1: So thank you all so much for joining us. Hell yeah! I'm so sorry if we didn't include you enough in the conversation, okay. Aaron. We
0: just but uh,
1: real quick before we go, is there more info on the when Taco Bell Quarterly is coming out?
2: September 29th.
0: Hell yeah! Rock and roll. Where can people get that? Aaron has uh, it. Yes. Also, what is it? Because you know we talked Google? about it in the last episode.
2: Oh, and it disappeared. <laughs> um, Taco Bell Quarterly is a new. This is only the third volume online literary magazine that um, publishes only fiction poetry nonfiction to do with taco bell right that is essentially the only prompt sometimes the person that runs it who is just like a super nice person and very positive sometimes there'll be more of a prompt but for the most part it's like just about taco bell and my i have a nonfiction piece in there It'll be coming out on September 29th.
1: Can, I'm sorry to make you repeat the premise because we have this on the Lost episode, but can you tell us again? Because I think it's a really it's a really great metaphor for the
2: event that you write about. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So it's about how um, I was raised Jehovah's Witness, and when I was 10, we left the religion, and my dad chose to break that news to my sister and I inside of a Taco Bell, <laughs> the one on Main Street in Poughkeepsie. Well,
1: oh shit! And- <laughs> did it have the solo jazz stuff? Like, did it have the the seats with all the fun yes. colors and yeah and I compare it
2: to like the same colors as the inside of the kingdom hall because <laughs> it they're both so like distinctly 1990s architecture <laughs> yeah yeah so
1: and uh you you compare that exp- like the is it i can't remember what the exact comparison is but the metaphor i'm thinking of is the the blandness of a chicken soft taco yeah with nothing on t- it yeah with nothing <laughs> on it it's called nothing on it
3: oh <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. great yeah
1: so check that out yeah. september 29th google taco bell quarterly you're gonna find it we <laughs> believe in you hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: well thank you so much aaron for coming back on the thank podcast you yeah. sure come back again yeah and then hopefully oh. this one will be in your ears
1: uh, oh man it's <laughs> me knocking on wood baby
0: mm, bye babies bye babies bye. Bye.